Hello, and welcome to episode 46 of Flicks in a Six. I'm one of your hosts, Anthony Costanzo, with me forever and always, the man, the myth. He's a drifter, Alessandro Bielsi. Say hello, Al. I nearly clipped half my pinky clean off. <laughs> but, <laughs> but why? <laughs> uh, why? I mean, it was certainly I, intentional. I do never, I never know. I never know how you're going to come in, where you're going to come in, if you're going to come in hot. I never know what's going to happen. I am trying to get rid of some of the lag time leading into, like some of them when I'm not 100% sure, like I'll, I'll write it down so I can read it right off of it. Right. <laughs> I'm just like waiting for you to just, just blurt out anything at all now at this So well, what, ha- what happened? <laughs> well, so I had a different thing I was going to blurt out, which was what we had discussed earlier and we will discuss later as well. Um, uh, that's why I was keeping my um, my pinky out of the camera for the whole time. <laughs> um, I was in a rush running somewhere today, and I jumped out of my car. Pinky first. And... Been there. <laughs> Sorry. I said pinky first. Been there. Yeah, no. No. <laughs> no, I jumped out of the car, and like I, you know, I immediately turned my left, get out of the driver's side car, um, and I put my right hand on the door frame oh, to like... No swing it and slam it shut no, no, but i was doing it quick like all in one motion like got out of the car grabbed it and as i grabbed the frame with the my hand like inverted over um my thumb and my three middle fingers all were on the frame of the door no. and i slipped past the edge and i slammed it shut and like, <laughs> it like it clicked shut and my pinky was still in it no and <laughs> i felt it happen but because i wasn't looking and wasn't paying attention and was preoccupied with not getting run over in the middle of the street because i was in the city mm-hmm. of newburgh um which admittedly isn't manhattan but it's a city, it's a city. Um, <laughs> so i just felt as cities go <laughs> as cities go i felt a pinch and i just thought it was at the very end of my pinky so i just yanked my hand back oh dude <laughs> and it pulled clear out of the door <laughs> And I was, I felt like a pinch, like uh, a scrape on like just under the nail, uh, towards the inside of the finger. And I looked at it, I was like, oh yeah, that, um, that peeled back like some skin, but it's just like the dead skin. Like, and I saw like a little line of red, like bubble up. I was like, oh yeah, it's gonna, it's gonna bleed. Like whatever. I'll run inside. I'll go to the bathroom. No big deal. Um, and now I'm like walked halfway across the street and I was like, oh shit, I didn't actually lock the door. Walk back, hit the button, you know, on the handle to lock it. And started walking back across the street. And as I'm, as I, I turn to look back at the finger to make sure it's not like pouring blood, so right. I don't get all over my clothes. Um, and I see blood smeared all the way up to like mid forearm. No. And I was like, but how? <laughs> um, <laughs> especially because I'm looking <clears throat> at the spot that I saw peel up, and there's like two little droplets of blood there. I'm like. This doesn't compute. I'm concerned. Are you bleeding from somewhere else? <laughs> yes. So <No>. then, <laughs> I um I realized that the entire bottom and outer half of my pinky went numb. And I turned my hand over and I saw a huge gash slash blood blister like like across the entire like two thirds of the three sections uh... of your your pinky. But the thing is it. It was like just a line, like of slice. Like it was just like it was mashed so tight that like it bled really bad, and then it swelled up so fast that it actually closed itself off. Ugh. And then I ran inside and I cleaned Jesus. it up, and it actually stopped bleeding pretty quickly. Um, and I found a 
Band-Aid, but I couldn't really deal with it. And then I went to the gym later, and then I came home and I dealt with it. Uh, <laughs> Christ. Well, yeah, it was, um, it was exciting. Uh, n- n- now that now that we're down to one listener, how are you feeling? <laughs> well, you know, I figured I'd bind it up rather than just show you the. It's pretty gross. Yeah. It's like my whole finger is black and blue on it, like the bottom half. It kind of looks like you're doing that that sliding thumb. Your your pinky looks a little <laughs> swollen. <laughs> like like that lame dad sliding your thumb off. Your yeah, hand. yeah, yeah. <laughs> I just realized you can see me, and I was trying to explain it to you. <laughs> yes, as I'm watching you do it, and I know full well what you're talking about. <laughs> oh, that is that is that concludes our body horror episode of Flicks and Assists. Well, it's a good thing this is purely an audio medium and not well, a video, because uh, in the, which case I would have left it open, and then I would have like done the field dressing and wrapping it back up like on air. <laughs> you should have, yeah. Like what you could have gotten away with is like. Opening the can and then screaming and then showing me your finger, like just like what do you do? See blood like splutter off. (laughs) Totally worth it. Oh my god, that'd be terrible. Wow, wasn't that worth worth derailing your intro for? That that was. Um, You're gonna have to top that next week. So I imagine you will be missing a toe on this (laughs) week's. I do feel like I've gotten better at the disruption last three, over the course of the last three weeks. That's, that is fair. Um, on this week's episode, The Purge, Bad Boys for Life, Improv and Movies, Infinity War Edition, Predator Gets a Reboot, Movie Pass Bleeds Profusely, Iron Man's Suit Goes Missing, all before like- diving into our Flick of the Week rat race. But first, Al, what are we drinking? Uh, we are drinking something that makes me both happy and sad. Um, it's, <laughs> um, kind of kind of like that story I just told you about my eviscerated pinky. Um, it's Bi- the Oyster Bay Brewing Barn Rocker Ale, <laughs> bipolar ale. <laughs> um, yeah, Oyster Bay Brewing Barn Rocker. Ale. Um, so this was made by a Long Island brewery named Oyster Bay Brewing. That uh, they made this as a special brew, like. They did a special contract for the New York Islanders. Um, they called the Nassau Coliseum, which up until a few years ago was their home, and starting next year will be their home for like a quarter of their home games or something stupid until <laughs> eventually they build a new, new arena um, in a couple of years in Belmont. Um, they went from having potentially no arenas to now having three arenas because they play at the Barclay Center for the last couple of years too. They're swimming in, they're swimming in arenas. Uh, <laughs> Jesus. So, uh, Where's the game tonight? I don't know. <laughs> that's, that's, that's gonna be a thing next year. Yeah. <laughs> you'll have tickets, but you'll show up to the wrong Coliseum. Oh, please. Uh, Only one of them is a Coliseum, right? That would be hell. So, uh, yeah, anyway, they called the Nassau Coliseum the old barn, so when the barn's rocking, you know, barn rock or ale. Okay, thank you. for. I would I would have no context here. Like, I'd I know. be like, oh, uh, oh, that's an orange hockey dude on the front of the blue can. <laughs> that's, that's, that's what I'm here for. Yeah, no, it's, uh, the color scheme is Islanders. Um, they got the blue and the orange right. Those are the right shades. Nice. Uh, yeah, no, I, you know what it was? Is I saw the, I mean, as you can see, the, um, the coloration of the can is pretty, um, vivid. Mm. Um, but I saw the name Barn Rocker Ale out of the corner of my eye, and I was like, "Oh, I recognize that name." I was like, "Oh shit, I didn't even know that was for sale." I actually thought that it was like a one-off thing that they just did for one season. I didn't know they kept making it seasonally. Okay. And I never had a chance to drink it before this, so I was like, "Oh, I gotta try that." 
um, even though this team makes me very sad um, because they're going to lose. So you could drink your tears away. <laughs> yeah, no, uh, it's it, they make me sad um, when they're not making me happy, and they make me sad more often than not over the last 25 years. Oh. Um, and they're going to make me very sad on July 1st when their best player, John Tavares, probably walks away in free agency, and um, he's like a top five player in the league. For those of you who don't know, and for those of you who you, those of you who do, if you're not Islanders fans, you're probably laughing at me. Um, <laughs> I'm just any... laughing at you, and I don't even know <laughs> exactly. Um, so hopefully, the beer is good to make up for the bittersweet feelings that this is giving me. Let's take a Qu- sip. Question before we take yes. a sip, um, since we've already done most. Oh. Hang on, that's fun. Uh, sorry, <laughs> I, I was going going over the bottle art here, can art. Uh, the star is that where the Colosseum is? Um, no, I'm pretty sure that's where Oyster Bay is. Okay, fair. Uh, did you notice the whale tail on the bottom here? Yeah, that's the uh, brewery's logo. I like that. I noticed it before. I, my hand was fully covering it, but <laughs> there's the the lo- the whole logo was on the back of the can, but at the very bottom there's like the whale swimming underneath the can. Oh, no, I didn't see that. It's even though it's directly under I, the logo. I'm a fan. Cheers, sir. Hang Cheers. On. I'm gonna try a sound effect here. Let's see if we can get this one going. Yep. Nice. Two glasses. That's a, that's better than me doing my empty can against this glass. <laughs> That is what I would expect to be drinking at a tap at a game of some kind. It's just yeah, like, it's um, it's like a, it's Pilsner esque, you know, very clean and balanced, and um, a little bit hoppy actually, which is, uh, but in a good way. It's not a bad thing. It's not overwhelming it. Um, on the back it says the Barn Rocker Ale, a crisp session ale made with the finest ingredients to create the perfect hockey beer. Brewed and canned in historic Oyster Bay, Long Island. Rock the barn with the Oyster Bay. So, and, what? Yeah, go, yeah, uh, go ahead. Uh, so, the, I imagine it's a session and low alcohol because you're going to be drinking a lot of these while you're there? Probably. Uh, yeah, it's only 4.5% alcohol by volume. And, you know, now with uh, stadiums and arenas, they cut you off after a certain point anyway. Mm. Mm. Um, but lucky for you, the- this comes in pints. Yes, this comes in pints, of course. <laughs> and on the bottom, if you look at the bottom of the can, although on mine it's a little secrets? bit mushed, it's a little bit mushed up. We got but for you, it may look better next to the date of birth, which I like that it says date of birth, not like you know canning date or whatever. Uh-huh. You see what it says up above that? Yes, yes, yes. It says yes, 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 which well, <laughs> uh, because that is what for the last several years uh, Islanders fans do whenever the Islanders score a goal. They play their like goal music, you know. They play the whole thing, and they get the the crescendoing up, and then the music cuts, and all of the fans in the building go, "Yes, yes, 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 okay. yes, yes." That's and, cool. That's and fun. the players like it. They've bought into it. You've seen in big moments when one of them score, um, you know, they'll skate around the fist pump, and you'll see some of the guys they'll join in on the the yes. That's fun. I like that. Chant too. I, I always I always appreciated that. Like I've been to like a handful of different sporting events. Not I'm not a I'm not a sports fan as you know, or as you can yes. tell by this. But I enjoy going to a live event of any kind. I find it fun. The atmosphere is cool. And then seeing seeing good fans embracing people that aren't fans is also cool. So Yes. That's that's Although- awesome. Depending on the level of sobriety, that's not always the case. Oh no, I've I've seen that. <laughs> um, but anyway, hold on. I would say this isn't 
this is an okay beer to me. This is not something that I'd be like, I mean, I would probably drink it if I was there, depending on if like I'm looking at this and like, I don't know, Bud Light and something like Coors on tap, then yeah, I'm going to be drinking this. But otherwise, I don't think I'd go out of my way for it. Well, this is like the real like old world style of beer that yeah. uh, was bastardized by like Budweiser and Coors and Miller like over the years. I could see that. Um, like this is a good representation of that style of, of that beer, beer. Yeah. But it's a beer that is made to be very stead and stoic. You know what I mean? Like it, it, it is what it is. It's not supposed to wow you. Right. Um, in it's like ridiculousness and boldness of flavor. Um, it's just a here it drink a little, this. <laughs> it is a little darker. Um, the malt must have been a little darker than I'm accustomed to for this style of beer. Typically it'll be a much like paler, like almost straw gold type of color. And this is like, yeah, um, okay. I mean, it's not quite amber, but it, you know, it's a little bit, um, yeah, a little bit toastier. I can see that. Anyway, not bad. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not saying it's a loss. I'm just saying it's just not my yeah. particular flavor. But well, I definitely the style of beer played it a little bit safer than the last several that I've chosen. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you took some risks, and they all paid off. Yes, and we'll have more of that uh, in the near future. Well, uh, this is the- this is our phase two, so <laughs> you gotta you gotta start low, and you gotta rise. So we can't we can't start off with like a I don't know one of those crazy ass Jacks Abbeys that blows us away. <laughs> well, I'm pretty excited for the next few. You have them with you. I, I think you have like three more uh, at the house. Uh, you have yeah. you have a Jacks Abbey. Yep. Uh, you have a Ithaca beer. Yep. And then the, was it from Evil Twin? I think the last one is. Uh, one, two, three. There's like. Four of them, I think. Four or five. I might have I might have some in here that aren't from you. Yeah, no, I think you have I think I I think I, you have three more from me. Oh, okay. There's three no, there's three cans and a bottle. Should be two cans and a bottle? Huh. What's the third can? <laughs> What's the third <laughs> that's can? Good, that's a good question. Uh Crooked something? Is that from you? I don't think so. All right. Hey, we got a mystery beer. All right, maybe we'll just drink that next time you're here. <laughs> well, also, uh, my sister got me a... Oh, my God. You know what? Here's a fun story. So my sister likes to do scavenger hunts for your birthday present. Oh, she I know what she, your sister got you. She doesn't just give you a gift. She gives you a journey to get she the gift. She gives you a journey? <laughs> and so it starts off where... Now, here's the here's the crazy thing. My we had everybody over for my birthday on Saturday. My birthday was on Tuesday. There were clues hidden throughout the house that I didn't find accidentally. That's they're pretty pretty well hidden. And uh, she gives you a riddle, and then you got to find the first clue. You find that clue, and on there is a riddle to the next clue. Not it's sure. all. I'm just gonna run you through it real quick. First clue ends up being under the mattress, so I had to lift the mattress and pull the first clue out. The second clue was downstairs under the litter box where the cats go and the third clue was with was buried in the recliner the fourth clue was outside in the mailbox the fifth clue was outside in the shed and the last clue was buried in the front yard (laughs) i don't don't know how she got away with this (laughs) so the morning after your party while you were passed out on the couch Mm. your sister went outside and said well, it didn't say. She, like, did this complex signing to me. Not in American Sign Language. 
right. some sort of thing that she came up with um, that I should not allow some you to look at. Some sort of interpretive at. dance. <laughs> yes, kind of, actually. Uh, that I should not allow you to look out the front window. And I was like, he's asleep. Yeah, there's no <laughs> shot I was looking out the front window. <laughs> but if I should see him sit up and like whip his head around to look out the front window for some strange reason, I'll tackle him, I guess. Like, uh, <laughs> just, No! Why? <laughs> Don't worry about it. I, well, the thing is, I thought she was going out to get something from her car, but mm. I'm quite sure now that you've told me the story that that is what she was doing. Yeah, she's burying the last clue. Uh, because she told me afterwards that she wasn't giving you your birthday present until your actual birthday. Yeah. And I know what she gave you because I had input into that. Oh, okay. So, yeah, so the the last clue was like, it, it was just, oh, this would have saved you a lot of time if you found this first for your present. <laughs> like, ask your wife. And Kim was standing right there. I was like, is it in the guest room? She's like, it's in the guest room. (laughs) (laughs) So lo and behold, giant bucket of beer, which it sounds like you had some input on. So we could totally do like a sharing tasting episode of all that stuff. That could work. But uh, there's there's plenty more beer on tap for the show. That's what that could do a very special beer episode before our other special episode that we still have not had a chance to do yet. that's okay that's fair we'll have to get that done um it moving on to our <laughs> first to our first story of the night the purge did you see the purge no did you see the second one no i'm pretty sure there's a third one coming out now i think there's a third one out already isn't there and now there's a tv show going I did not know that. The TV show or being announced or like under production or whatever. This this thing seems to have legs and it, it just flew under the radar for me. When I remember seeing the first Purge trailer and being like, oh, I'd see that movie. Not in theaters, but I'll watch it. And then I never I, got um, around to it. I, I experienced that in 100% the same fashion. Yeah. <laughs> right? Like beat so, for beat, all those exact words basically passed through my mind at some point. <laughs> Clearly, oh, somebody that looks went, kind of though. interesting. I think I'll go see that at some point. I'm Maybe. probably not going to see it in theaters, but I'll check it out and then never check it out. <laughs> I'm definitely going to see that at some point, maybe. Yes, exactly. Uh, but I, just something that I feel like I need to go catch up on because, like, if it's if it's all these things are getting greenlit, it's got to have enough of a following. I saw five or ten minutes of I think. The second one? I want to say there's three of them. I mean, we could look this up, but I'm, I, yeah. I, I like, I like trying to figure it out. <laughs> <laughs> the Purge. I don't even. Oh, oh, is this is this like a prequel or something? So okay, what do we got here? We have plot. No, we're not going to go through that because I don't want to spoil anything. Oh, yeah, so I see the Purge, then I see the Purge election year, which I think yeah. is the one that I saw part of, and then. The Purge Anarchy, or sorry, those were the reversed. Uh, so there was three, and then I see the first Purge. Wait. Oh, yeah, okay, so you're right. There was the one fil- that was This film will be a purge. prequel that will focus on the events that lead up to the very first Purge event. And that one's coming out this year. As I say, we saw a trailer for this at something that we saw recently. I didn't. Oh, I saw it during the Super Troopers 2. Oh, okay. Real. Um, yeah, but I was just surprised. When I saw that, I was like, huh, another one? Maybe I'll see that. Sometime. (laughs) (laughs) 
it just like every time one comes comes around, it does pique my interest because it did it did it sounds like a a fun concept for a movie. He wouldn't go see it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna go see that. He didn't. <laughs> I figured it's perfect with Arrested Development being back and coming back. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I, I started rewatching uh, with my sister because she never saw any of the fourth season. Okay. I was like, don't even bother. We'll just watch the new format. Mm-hmm. And I think we watched the first three, and it's definitely way more enjoyable in this oh, way. Oh, good. I'm happy Although, to hear that. It's still a bit clunky getting started because of that whole bridging that 18-month thing. They still sure. do a little bit of that jumping back thing, but – it's better, but from what I understand, after like the fourth or fifth, it's like straight shot the way that the show would be. Okay, that's good. That's good to hear. And like there was legitimately really funny jokes and scenes that I forgot about that I was laughing at. It was like, like, oh, I remember that. Yeah, that was funny. Or I don't remember that at all. That's funny as shit. Like, <laughs> right. I'm excited. I'm, I'm gonna have to get through that. Um, I I do want to start from the beginning though, I, just because it's been a while. But, oh, you mean the first season? Yeah, I feel like I can get that done. We'll see. Well, I know I know it's gonna take me a while to cruise through all of even season four because I'll probably just watch it with her. Yeah, that's true. So it's I fun, just it's fun to watch that. with a buddy. Yeah. So anyway, that's that that's the purge for you. I I was actually curious about it. I think that maybe maybe we'll get together and do a, an episode on that at some point in the future. Like watch them as a whole. Maybe Halloween. We could do around Halloween. Go through all those. It sounds like sounds like a chore when you put three together, huh? It sounds like we're gonna need all that alcohol from your birthday gift to do that episode. Yeah. <laughs> so that episode might not happen. Um, <laughs> anyway, I, I am. I, I'll see it at some point. At some point, sure. Uh, sure. It's gonna have to take very little effort on my part. Like it's gonna have to be like on the TV, and I can't reach the remote. <laughs> the problem. <laughs> the problem is, I don't actually have. Like a, st- like a standard TV setup, so I'm never actually flipping through channels. So this actually can't happen, <laughs> is what I'm saying. I I mean, because we've all been there before where you watch all of a movie or even just part of one where you're like, you turn on the TV and it's like, what's this about? Yeah. Or it's a movie that I own, had seen 400 times on DVD, and it's on TV, and I'm like, gotta watch it. <laughs> well, sure. <laughs> we all have those. Anyway, that's the purge for you. Moving on, uh, this this movie I will definitely be seeing. Uh, it's got a release date. I think it was January twenty twenty, so it's it's a little ways out. Uh, but Bad Boys for Life. Are you oh, a- I did see there was a story about that today. Yeah. Are you a fan of the Bad Boys films? I mean, I don't think I've ever seen all of the first one. Actually, oh no, <laughs> I've I've seen all of the second one, but I don't remember it all it's, it's just it is just straight up nonsense fun it's just it's over the top it's crazy action it's ridiculously silly dialogue and this wonderful relationship between these two characters you gotta you gotta check it out they do obviously have an entertaining um you know back and forth they, oh, they yeah. definitely have chemistry together um yeah i um I, I remember bits of the second one, like some of like the big funny scenes. Like I remember, like him doing the, like the acid or whatever, and being in the the chief's like house or whatever. He jumps in the shower, like all that shit. Like the whole thing with um, 
with the guy coming over to, to take uh, his his daughter out like yeah. that. Oh that my god, <laughs> it's, it's that's such a great setup. <laughs> you you ever it. made love to a man before? <laughs> you want to? You want to. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, those those movies cracked me up, and every time I watch them, I just I I. It's funny because I know how good they are. And I know how much I like them. And then when I watch it again, I'm still surprised at how fun they are to watch. So yeah. they, they, they do hold up. And it's totally totally worth checking out if you haven't. Maybe we'll watch those together. Those would be fun. Those would be fun to watch together over a few beers. And maybe we'll just record us watching them. Uh, but great, great movies. And I'm really excited to see what this goes. They're, you know, they're getting up in age. So it's going to be like lethal It is weapon. kind of now or never. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and it's like something I feel like that's... The concept has been around for a very long time, so I'm wondering how much the story of, of the idea has changed over time. Because I'm sure at the original inception of the idea, they were a lot younger, and it would yeah. have been crazy over the top. Now they're older. They definitely have to pepper in some of the I'm too old for this shit style. Yeah. <laughs> you know? But anyway, that's I, I'm excited for that, but we have a it's a long ways out. It's it's far enough out that there's a chance it doesn't happen. <laughs> yes, <laughs> you know, which is unfortunate uh, because I really I've been wanting that for quite some time. Uh, our next story is improv in the movies. Now we've touched on this before. Um, every once in a while, you'll come across an article about some line or some scene that was improv and ends up being like the best scene or the funniest scene of the movie. And it's just I oh I love that because I just when you find that out, like knowing that they're having a good time doing this because. The one that we're going to get to in a minute, you know that these characters lost it when yes. when the line is said. Like, and that's just that to me, like just knowing that they're having a good time is really fun. And so I, that was the line I was going to use to throw you off this time because okay. we were talking about it. Was it earlier today or yesterday? Mm-hmm. I forget now. I think um, it was today. I just texted you the line. And <laughs> yes. And but the thing is, like, like an hour or so before you did that, I saw the story about how it made it into the movie. Yeah. Did you see it? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that was going to be what I was going to do until I almost snipped my finger in half. Yeah. That, that, <laughs> then you had, something, you had something better. Better. Yeah, I, I, I had a, it, I did, had a, it landed on the cutting room floor well, with your like, finger. With my pinky. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, so the line, which we're going to tell you in a second, I'm going to say this isn't a spoiler for Infinity War. It is a spoiler for a line in Infinity War. Edward. As long as you do the setup properly, it's not a spoiler. You, okay, you do it because you have it already mapped out. So understand that in this situation, the Guardians of the Galaxy have decided to split up to do a couple of different missions. They have not yet met anyone from Earth. And they run into... you. So you have Star-Lord, Drax, and Mantis run into Tony Stark, Spider-Man, and Doctor Strange... They fight because each of them doesn't trust the other ones. And you end up with, I'm not entirely sure what Mantis was doing, nor Doctor Strange, but you have Star-Lord holding Spider-Man hostage and you have Tony Stark stepping on Drax's chest and the gun on him. And they, you know, get into a Mexican standoff (laughs) type of situation. And Peter Quill yells at them, where's Gamora? To which... Was it Stark? Tony, yeah. Replied, I'll do you one better. Who is Gamora? <laughs> to which Drac finishes <laughs> off and says, I'll do you one better. Why is Gamora? <laughs> <laughs> and I, that was, 
that was one of those lines, though, that we cracked up as it was said, and then you can't hear anything else that happened because of the crappy theater audio that we were in. That was so bad. But anyway, that why is Gamora, and that is the line that was improv. Because it sounds like they did the from what I was reading, they did the scene a few times, and when they did that, he just threw that in there. And you gotta, yes. you have to imagine that they lost their shit when he said oh, that, absolutely. because that's really funny if it was written in there. Like you'd read that in the script, and you'd, you'd probably chuckle out loud reading the script. Yes. But then to hear that just happen, like him taking on this character so well, like like so well, and he's the, almost become that character as much as like Ryan Reynolds has become Deadpool, right? Which is great and yes. a very unexpected. Well, I mean, any character is going to be better when the person playing them takes real, true ownership of the character. Right. Absolutely. But I, I'll say, like the the article that I was reading that led me to down this down this rabbit hole of reading other articles about this scene and other people's takes and stuff um, was Drax just became my favorite character <laughs> in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. And I was like. I'll, that that was the title of it. And I was like, huh, I'll buy it. And I read it and it went into this improv thing. I was like, this is great. And then I just thought about all of the amazing Drax lines throughout. And they're just, they're so silly. And he's such a well-written, like, dumb character. Yes. Well, it's funny because you texted me about it. And it was a little while after I read it. And I'm, like, chuckling. And my sister, who's seen the first Guardians and s- several other movies in the the MCU... But she has not seen all of Guardians 2. I think she caught a bit of it. Um, and she didn't see Infinity War yet. But she's functionally aware of Drax and his deal. Right. And I was like, okay, so you remember how like the whole thing was like he didn't get any metaphors in the first one. Mm-hmm. He becomes like... Nothing goes over my head. I would catch it. Exactly. That was exactly what I used. <laughs> I have incredible And reflexes. I was like, he went, he went to like having only stupid like puns and shit like that in the second one. Uh-huh. Which were hysterical. And... And so I can explain the setup, telling her about this stupid line, and she's laughing at it. And I was like, his. I think my favorite one of his in the second one. I was like, well, for one, is just him tormenting Mantis, yeah, which is hysterical. But I said oh, the best oh, joke. I'm thinking of us being physical together. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the whole the best joke in the whole second one was one that you almost could have missed when it happened because it was a setup an hour earlier in the movie when he says. I don't like jetpacks. They chafe my nipples. Yep. And then you're in the middle of the world falling apart around them, literally. And someone slaps <laughs> a jetpack on his back and it pops into form and he screams as the jetpack is lifting him in the air. Ow, my uh, nipples. <laughs> and she almost so fell down laughing at this. Yeah. It, you know, I was. it's funny because I, I like, for whatever reason, I, I'm a glutton for pain. I like to read the the opposite side of the argument or like of the story and the feeling for this. So like people that will say like his character is just like stupid and unnecessary because of these things. But like these are these are family friendly fun movies, and he is just he is a he is the fun character in all of the moments. Infinity War is a very serious movie. Anything like the majority of things that you're laughing at, he's around for it. Yeah, and he's just he's just this comic relief character, and it's great. Well, there's two things. One, well, comic relief doesn't work if one of two things isn't happening. One, if that is literally the only thing that they can do, right? Can have any other effect on the plot or any other character development of their own, of which he takes care of both things. And two, he has to be legitimately and genuinely funny, 
and he is. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so thus, 100%. the role of comedic relief is not offensive because he's doing serious heavy lifting, even if it's not always heavy lifting of the plot itself. Right. Yeah, it's it's. I I love Drax, and I've been I I think I mentioned it last time. I've started watching Guardians of the Galaxy again. Yeah. It's just such a such a great movie. I and may, maybe my favorite. I have to. I really would love to go through like catalog all of them again, and then <laughs> decide which one is my number one. But I th- that one would definitely be up there. Our next story goes to the Predator reboot. So. I read an article earlier in the week about a Predator movie, and I just stopped, and I went, no. I was like, I was upset. I was like, why are we doing this again? Oh, One, no, it's been a big deal for a long time. I I've, I probably have ignored it because anytime I see it, I'm just like, I'm done here. Because I was a well, huge fan of the original Predator. Yeah. And, you know, got the VHS still locked away. <laughs> uh, but I was like, I don't, I was like, I don't need this. I was like, you tried this before. You tried bringing this back before. It's it's fine. It's f- like fun for I don't know two thirds of the movie, and then you're like, I, I can go to sleep now. But then I saw the trailer, and I was like, Oh, I'm, I'm in. I don't know why, why. I don't know how or why. <laughs> but I was just like, this for whatever reason, it it had that draw, and I'm I I actually really want to see this. Well, so when I first heard that they were doing another another predator, right. I was like, pass. Then I saw that they hired Shane Black to do it. Mm-hmm. Who, said, was okay. in, who was in the first one. Well, that's the thing. One, on in his own right, he's a solid director. Mm-hmm. Uh, and two, he was he was an actor in the, the original one, so he has a connection to the material. Right. Um, and then I started seeing who they were casting, and I like a lot of the people in the cast. Mm-hmm. So I'm not like super hyped for the movie, but I I will want to go and see the movie. Yeah, we'll we'll almost certainly be doing an episode on this. Like when they did that Predators movie a few years ago, I don't really care for that cast, even though there's a decent amount of like names. Like there's a couple of people who I'm like, oh yeah, I don't mind them. Yeah. I like I legitimately enjoy a bunch of people in the cast for this one. Right, like so, such as um, Keegan Michael Key. Yep. Uh, Yvonne Strahovski, um, Sterling K. Brown's like good, which that thing I sent you. Can today. you can you read that? Do you know what it's from? Can you cite yeah, it so, so that you it can read it? Yeah, so it was an article on The Ringer that I saw today in reaction to the trailer having been released today. I know by the time you guys hear this, um, the trailer will have been like a week old. <laughs> or um, two. <laughs> or two, yeah. Uh, no, it'll be one, one week old. Mm. Right? Yeah, I think so. Uh, so this was the you know the the ringer will do articles like this occasionally. The trailer for the predator is out, so let's figure out who's gonna kill the thing. That is the so they took <laughs> the thirteen people who were like the top or eleven people who were like the top credited cast and like people you see in the trailer, and they ranked them mostly satirically and in a joking fashion. Sure. So number six was Sterling K. Brown, and they said in a perfect world, Sterling K. Brown would deliver a one of his tear-inducing "This Is Us" <laughs> monologues about family, and the predator would begin crying through his weird alien face, realize it is harming innocent humans for mere sport, and pack its bags on the spaceship it came from to live a <laughs> life of pacifism. But this movie is not called "This Is Predator," and Brown is playing a government agent. 
even if he somehow doesn't die, there is no way he's killing the president. <laughs> I like that's my favorite line. Even if he somehow does, you know he's gonna die. <laughs> like the scientist is gonna die. <laughs> well, he's got a few things: government agent, scientist. Um, he's he's a black guy. The, the black guy always dies in the horror movie. <laughs> that's probably the wrong way to do things, but like they made all sorts of jokes about that right. for many years and all sorts right. of things like the. Usually the black guy does not make it to the end of the movie. Oh my god! <laughs> it's really weird that 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 that, that is the the trope. Right. Oh my. But um, what struck me, I was uh, after I watched the trailer, I was reading this like short write up on it. Uh, it's it's taking place thirty years after the original Predator. Uh, sure. And it's t- so it's tied to the original story. And I thought when I read that it was Predator, I was like, oh, oh, we're just starting from scratch again. Like, are we no, just... It's the Predator. Sorry, the Predator. Uh, but does this tie into the other... Like, this whole it, Alien it ties, Predator universe is really just frustrating for someone that likes to know a timeline. <laughs> it ties... Timeline-wise, it ties into the first two. And a uh, reason I know that two is included is because... Actually, I only knew it because of this article. The, the least likely of the top credited people in it to kill the Predator was uh, Jake Busey. Yep. Because Gary Busey is in Predator 2. This is, he's in the second one? I believe so. But he was in the first one. No, I don't believe Gary Busey was in the first one. And no. I believe he is playing that character's son. Yes. That that part I knew, that he's playing the son, that, that came up as well. But I don't remember. Uh, unless they had it wrong in this, um, I'm pretty sure... Uh, I I rewatched a lot of the original Predator recently, like not not super paying close attention to it. It was one of those things where it was like it was just on and in the background. I don't recall Jake, uh, not Jake, Gary Busey being in the first one, and okay. I've never seen all of the second one, so I imagine that's the one that he was in. I remember. I think I've seen the second one maybe twice. I have only ever seen the part from which like Danny Glover gets onto the ship. Oh, and I've seen that part like three times. Gotcha. Gotcha. Like yeah, I, think I've maybe right. seen, I think he is in the second I've, one. I've maybe seen 10 minutes prior to that and I don't remember it. That's. Predator 2 is a funny, a funny sequel. You're right. Gary Busey was in the second one. Um, Because it's. It's very different with like no reoccurring people, right? From the first one, if I remember correctly. Well, considering they all died. Well, that's, that's a good point. Uh, <laughs> Spoiler alert, guys! But like, okay, so we have Predator, the original movie. Predator Two. We've got Alien vs Predator. I think there's a second one of those. We got there Predators. Was Alien vs Predator Requiem. Okay, there you go. So uh, which like, I saw a part of. Are they all still? Are they all supposed to be part of the same universe? I want to say they're probably wiping those out. Interesting. What about pred- what Predators? Is that the one that came out? They should probably wipe that one out too. But the thing Agreed. is, chronologically and such, it's really not important. They didn't do anything new in that that yeah. should matter. So you can ignore it without actually having to officially wipe it off the record. Except for the fact that the the people were on the Predator hunting planet. Yeah, but they all die it doesn't matter yeah it was just like that whole concept is weird so like they were taken and dropped there i don't know it doesn't it doesn't really matter it was just 
it's just so I'm saying it's, it's kind of irrelevant to it all. But like the it's a it's a well cut trailer, the new one, and yeah. I was like, oh, like, yeah, like I'm I'm in. I I want to watch this. This looks this looks fun. Oh, Olivia Munn's in it too, and I like her. Yep, yep. Anyway, so we'll be uh, we'll definitely be doing an episode on that. We'll probably probably catch that one pretty close to its release. Our next story is Movie Pass is hemorrhaging money. Uh, so there was this. Uh, we know this. We know the, that that it's, it's it sounds like the worst business deal of all time. But it's it's still going. Um, the number that struck me in the article was twenty one point seven million dollar per month burn rate. <laughs> yeah, that was, it was pretty excessive. That's uh, are they like how is it? How does my card still work? Like <laughs> that's my question. Well, they they took on investment like a decent amount of it and they've just been using all of that money to fund their you know the actual operation of you being able to take advantage of the movie theaters and the whole idea is to keep that model alive long enough to get enough subscriptions to break even so it's a race against the clock could you though? But but plus some sort of profitability from concessions and partnerships with theaters. Well, that too. But that's the secondary thing. The whole thing is, if you get enough subscribers, then the movie theaters are incentivized to partner with you. Sure, but they're never going to break even or profit from subscriptions alone because of what the subscription does. Uh, it will if they keep offering these different packages. That's okay. what we talked about last yeah. week. I haven't looked at the books, man, so I, I don't have all the details. I'm just telling you what read, was in the article that I had read the other day. I, I was, I'm was. i just convinced that the company is run by the Joker. I mean, it does seem like a Ponzi scheme. He's just he's just burning that pile of cash. That's, that's yeah. what's happening over there. He's giving it to people to go see movies and burning the other half. Well, you're probably right because they were pretty pissed and didn't want to partner with them. So you could also just like take that whole scene where he sits down with the mob bosses and goes, I want half. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, wow. So I'm, this'll be, I feel like this'll be uh ending. What, what, if you had, if you had to guess, does this somehow make it through or does it end? My guess is that it doesn't make it through the rest of this year. <laughs> uh, well, I think in the article I read, it said they have enough cash for at least like three more months. Yeah. At least. Um, give or take. <laughs> Ipso facto, etc. So on. Yeah, I'm your boss. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. Anyway, movie pass. We'll uh, we'll keep you posted on that. Um, I think I just got to make sure that I use it a few more times before it goes out. Yeah. See, this is why I didn't buy in because I felt like somehow I was going to be the one who had to pay for that 21 million at some point. <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> it was like in the fine print. Yeah, I you, oh, you the, owe us for all of those movies you saw, by the way. I wasn't going to read the the fine print and the boilerplate stuff, and somehow the musical chairs was going to end, and I'm holding the bag for the, the final month of 21 million. And that that bag is filled with explosives, and the, and the fuse is lit. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. So the last, the final story on this list, uh, Iron Man goes missing. 
So it was just a funny thing. I didn't look too far into it, but the original Iron Man outfit is missing from the storage unit. <laughs> Didn't they catch the guy? I don't know. This was I when I read it. It was like that. It, they were looking for it. I thought I remember hearing that they caught him or they identified him. I, I'm not sure. But this is like one of those things where it's like I don't. I don't care at all. <laughs> I really don't. It was just funny to me. I was like somebody was like, I'm gonna, I'm gonna take this. I'm gonna. This is mine now. <laughs> I have, I fully believe that the person that that took this thing has no intention of selling it or making money off of it. Just wants to own the Iron Man suit. Well, I feel like it's probably gonna end with the person caught in a room and like they come in with like guns drawn, <laughs> and, and he's like, throwing his hands up in the air, going pew. Well, I'm just like picturing him in it doing his best impression of Robert Downey Jr. at the end of the first Iron Man saying, I am Iron Man. (laughs) Like, it's either that or it's Jim Carrey at the end of Batman Forever saying, I am the Batman Batman. as he's flapping his arms. (laughs) Oh, man, what a a great movie. (laughs) I need to watch that right now. Batman Forever, best worst movie you've ever seen. Ah, it's so good. So good. Shall we move on to our flick of the week? No, I have two other quick You stories. got nuggets? Two nuggets. Al's got nuggets. One of the nuggets, everyone is well aware. <laughs> everyone dies in the end. Damn it, yeah. Al. <laughs> uh, everyone's well aware, whether just because they follow our show or because they, you know, are on the internet. Um, is well aware of Deadpool and Ryan Reynolds' marketing and... A couple days ago, he mocked the letter that Thanos wrote to fans telling them not to spoil the ending. And so the Russos responded back to him with a picture of the Infinity Gauntlet with the middle finger up. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. I love that. Uh, they, that's they, the I feel like he has so much fun with this. Like, it's yeah. whatever they're doing and whatever PR team is. But it, there's, I, I'm sure there's a PR team, but part of me wants to believe that it's just Ryan Reynolds losing his mind out there on Twitter. <laughs> I'm sure that there it's has to be half. some handler, yeah. like, reining him in. But I, I, I do believe that he is the originator of a lot of these ideas. That's great. Oh, my God. Um, I, I, I can't think of Deadpool 2 and not think of the Bob Ross... Oh my gosh! Trailer. Let's just, just whack just off, whack that off right here. <laughs> <laughs> and like, what are these? He's like, oh my goodness! He turns around, like the painting's completely done. Yep. <laughs> it's amazing. Uh, <laughs> I yeah. love it. So uh, I'm, I'm glad that the Russos can laugh with all. Mm-hmm. Of I mean, they. Why not? Disney's gonna own it eventually, right. unless that weird Comcast bid somehow undercuts it, which I. That's not. Doubtful. Disney's gonna win, I think. So. Um, but uh, yeah, that's the end of that nugget. Um, the other nugget uh, I only bring up because I know the other day when I was at your house, you were talking about it. Um, did you hear today that Brooklyn Nine Nine was canceled? No. Yes. No, it was. Yes. That's terrible news. I'm devastated. <laughs> I know a lot of people like so the show. Good. So I figured I'd address that. Uh. I know you like the show. You know what this is gonna do now? Every time I notice a show is still on, I'm gonna be like that. <laughs> there, was a lot of, there was a lot of that going on Twitter uh, this evening, afternoon, whenever it was that that was announced. Um, uh, the best one I saw, I think, was someone said, um, there's been 41 seasons of Grey's Anatomy. Have they not covered all of the anatomical parts of Grey yet? 
Oh my god. That's terrible. What so canceled in what way? Is the season finishing? Yeah, no, I, I think they're gonna release all the episodes. I I forgot to actually read the story. Um yeah, I just like it's just it's just not being renewed. That's that's miserable. That that makes me sad. Which is a bold choice by Fox because their two biggest comedies are going off the air after this season then because New Girl planned finish uh, is done next week. Well, by the time this airs, it'll have been finished um, a couple days before, oh, I guess. Is it, it's a short season? Yes. The final season was only eight episodes and there was two this week and there's two what? next week. Oh, damn. I, wow. I didn't realize I was... I didn't realize I was halfway through. <laughs> yeah, I, well, I didn't realize. I knew it was shortened. I hadn't done the math on how many were left, but I didn't realize I was out late Tuesday. Um, buddy of mine is moving, like away. Mm-hmm. Um, so we went out to hang out for him because he's leaving in a couple of days. And I came home and I was like, uh, I was hungry. I hadn't fucking eaten since after I'd gone to the gym, and it was like six hours. Um, <laughs> so I was like, oh, let me eat something, throw on the TV. It was like, uh, oh, new girl was on. Let me throw on the episode. And then the episode was over and it's like, stay tuned for another new girl. I was like, what? Is, and, this, is this how you TV now? <laughs> yeah. There was another episode on. I was like, oh, great. And then at the end of that one, it was like next week, two more episodes. It's the series finale of new girl. It's like, That's oh no, crazy. it's going to be over so fast. Yeah. Oh man. That's, that is sad because I feel like it's been. It's been very silly and very fun. Yeah, no, I um, that is surprisingly, I enjoy that show very much. I did not have any anticipation of enjoying that show. There was no reason that I was going to. Yeah, I wasn't a huge Zoe Deschanel fan. I'm still not really. Um, and I didn't know any of the guys on the show. And like a couple of my friends, were like, oh, the show's really funny. You should watch it. And I started watching it. And I was like, oh, gee, yeah, this is good. Wow, I feel like. Oh man, I, I'm I'm thrown off by this Brooklyn Nine Nine thing. That's that's terrible news. Way to way to spoil the Nuggets, Jesus. Sorry, <laughs> terrible. It's and, been, uh, this this episode's been a, a roller coaster so far. We have it, it has possibly decapitated fingers. We have odd bittersweet beers. We have the just the ruining of a show, ending of the show. You know, all sorts of stuff. <laughs> just horrible. Let's let's move on to something much better. Rat race. Our flick of the week. Yep, rat race. So when when did we just decided to do this while you were here, right? This weekend. I don't even remember how or why, but you were just all of a sudden like rat race. That was a good movie, and I was like, yeah, it was. Yeah, I don't think I there think was any like, context to that. I, yeah, I really like it. Was like <laughs> like I, there must have just been something that either Kim or your sister said that was just like vaguely reminiscent of it, and it was just like you were just like I liked rat race. And I was like, yeah, me too. And you're like, we should do an episode on that sometime. I was like, okay, sure. Let's do it this week. Like, we're, uh, <laughs> we're, we're throwing it back to 2001 right now. And man, this movie, I've watched this movie a lot. I've seen it probably way too many times. Yeah, no, I've seen it a lot, a lot of times. And that being said, I rewatched it this tonight before. Yeah, before I, did, I did not do prep. Uh, I caught like five minutes of it the other and, night. That's fine. I, I mean, I, I re- realized, like, there were certain scenes in sequence that I kind of forgot, but as soon as they started to happen, I was like, oh, I, okay, I remember exactly what this is going, because I was very familiar with the movie back when I saw This was, I think, one of those movies that I probably went to, like, on my birthday with all my friends. 
I mean, it's a frenetic movie. Like, it's not particularly long, and there's yeah. always something happening, and it's just constantly cutting next thing, next thing. The pacing is is pretty incredible. It's adrenaline. Yeah. It, well, and that's actually that's one of the notes that I had to hear too. Like, I, the pacing is excellent, and like, there's there's not a dull moment, and it does it does a really good job of managing a lot of characters. Well, the only downtime are like setups, like plot setups to the next joke, and they don't right. like drag. No, and it's like you know, even when you're like, like, what the hell's going on here? The payoff ends up being worth it. Oh yeah, absolutely. The the whole thing is, and it's funny. It's like I feel like watching it. I like I feel like people probably have some sort of bad reaction to this movie, but I love it, and I don't. I don't even want to look it up. I don't even want to read poor review because it's it's so fun and so near and dear to my heart. I love this movie. I don't know how it was reviewed. Uh, I don't. I can't say that I remember there being any big outcry or you know national conversation about the movie. Mm-hmm. Um, but I know that the handful of times that i've for whatever reason this movie has come up in conversation everyone i've talked to has enjoyed the movie so good. not like everyone has been in love with it per se but everyone's like oh yeah i like that movie oh, yeah, that, yeah, oh, yeah that and, movie and, and funny. that's that's fine like that could be your that could be your take i just can't imagine i can't imagine going through this movie well, there's two things i can't imagine one going through this movie and not like bursting out laughing at least once there's at least some funny thing for you because there's every type of comedy in here Oh yeah, no. There's, I mean, there's several laugh out loud funny. So there's that. I, I defy you to not laugh when <laughs> Cuba Gooding Jr. is in the bathroom at that yes bus stop. Her vagina. <laughs> <laughs> Just that line. Yeah, <laughs> the way he delivers that line. It, it's perfect. But like, I I agree. You defy us. That defy that. I defy you to pretend to know where any scene is going. The first time um, you see this movie. One scene. I knew they were stealing the rocket car. Okay. Okay, that's that's fair because you saw the rocket car. Prior to that, if you they're running through the desert, catching up to a tent, you have no idea where this scene is going. Fair. You do not know there's going to be a rocket car. <laughs> so let's let's take it back for a second. Let's go all the way back to the beginning. So we have this like ensemble cast of mediocrity. <laughs> like it's like like and it's but it works so well, and I think that's part of the brilliance of this. Like, there's no person there that could overshadow somebody else, especially at the time. It I is, feel like it is a masterfully crafted cast of beloved B and C list actors. Yeah, it really like, just and like putting them all together turns this movie into a powerhouse. <laughs> uh, actually, you know what? That's not fair. Whoopi Goldberg was is was. Well, pretty famous. Uh, okay, and here's and here's what I'll I'll say to that though. The anybody that is famous or like would be like more a list. They're not. They don't have a ton of screen time. Yes, they they're, do. They are supporting her roles. from being in the where they just like they didn't just like jam her in your face like throughout the whole movie. Yeah, like if one more second of screen time and John Cleese steals the entire movie and is front and center the funniest thing that ever was well yeah, i mean you could argue that he steals it a decent amount like just because he's funny as hell yeah, he I is love John so funny in this movie he's out he's out of control he's out of his mind he's rich beyond he's belief he's, <laughs> i can do whatever i want i'm eccentric <laughs> <laughs> Which I'll, should be a jumping the shark moment, but it's so on the nose for this that it's like, no, it is. 
perfectly insane. <laughs> so, yeah, okay, so let's let's dive right to that. So we're obviously, this movie came out in 2001. We're obviously talking about specific scenes of this movie. It's a, uh, well, I'll pause here. If you're, if we're selling you on this and you haven't seen it for some reason, uh, the concept is just, there's a group of people that know nothing about each other. By some circumstance, they came into this room and they were given an opportunity, a one in six chance of winning $2 million. And they meet John Cleese, who gives them the instructions. They each get a key. They now go on this race. And it is a mad, 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 mad world. <laughs> yeah, so say, it's, a, it's a kind of a modern modernization of a mad, mad world. Right. Um, <laughs> yeah, and also, crucial detail, that these six people think they've been randomly selected, whereas they have been carefully... They've been curated. <laughs> yes. Yeah, which is great. Because they are the center of... A gambling, a high stakes gambling Which is, tournament. That is the greatest part of this. Is there's this, this actual like there's this main the main plot of the movie is totally not like it's this underlying plot that is actually more like real and like more more ridiculous and like the driver for everything going on. And is that all these rich people that just these eccentric folks that have no idea what to do with their money. So. John Cleese comes up with these absurd bets. Well, and yeah, the bets on each of them, who is going to win, yep. and then to tide them over during the course of this race that takes them a full day to go from Las Vegas to Silver City, New Mexico. They have all these other ridiculous competitions and bets throughout the course what? of it, like when they jump on the private jet, yep. and it's who bets on who's going to throw up first amongst them. That is, <laughs> and yep. the pilot is purposely... Like looping and swooping and like roller coastering to make one of them throw up. <laughs> so ridiculous. The other one is they're, they're, and they're all absurd. The other one is there's the the maids are hanging oh from my God. they're like hanging from the curtain rod and whoever falls last is the winner. Yes, like that. Whoever that holds onto the curtain rod, the longest. so dumb. And then the one with the the one with his um, the autistic like assistant who they got him to hire a prostitute. Yes, and. They gave him the most ridiculous script in which he's going to pitch to her and see how much it was going to cost. Yep. And, like, Price is Right, see who can guess <laughs> Naked, closest to the price. Hats, Pepto-Bismol, Clipping to the toenails. <laughs> what I love, and here's, here's what's brilliant about it, and this is why I think this movie deserves a lot more credit than I feel like it gets, because nobody else has talked, like, was, I feel like, I don't remember people talking about this, <laughs> but... The that comes back. That character comes back and, and plays a role yes, <laughs> later on in the movie. Was, that may have been the biggest curveball in the whole movie. It's great. It's so good. But out of all of those bets, my favorite one is the is the chocolate tasting. Mm. Coconut. Right. Who had coconut? And it's <laughs> because it's the first one that you see. Yes. <laughs> and it's just the shock factor of that and how ridiculous it is. Uh it, it's so funny, but so actually no, no, we didn't even talk about the fact that not just all these things with all the betting. The thing with the prostitute when they have him do this and wait to see what she says, the fact that it seems like he's in an empty hotel room, and we've yep. seen them have cameras set up all over the place, and they're watching from this control room. But not this but time. In this one, every <laughs> one of these like thirty people is hiding in this hotel room, and you can't see any of them. You have no idea. And the second that she says the so price, so well done. Every one of them pops out from curtains behind the couch in the next room, like under the counter, like under the table, like. <laughs> it's so ridiculous! It's just it's just pure silliness the entire time. 
But there's uh, so going back to Donald Donald Sinclair. That's John Cleese's character, yes. the eccentric billionaire. Uh, the initial meeting that they had, and this is funny because I was I was watching it with Kim saw it when she was really young and hadn't seen it again since, and I, I don't think she really remembered anything about it. But like that first scene where you see him, if you don't know anything about the movie going in, where he's like, "I've gathered you all in this room. There's a meteor coming towards Earth." Uh, I've selected you guys to survive the blast and repopulate the earth <laughs> and then cracks himself up and says he couldn't resist. Like he's just, he literally does not know what to do with himself. No, no. And it's, it's so good. And he's, he's so silly and he's having so much fun with this. My, one of my favorite lines in the movie is when he has them all sitting around the table and he says, let's cut to the chase. And he just starts hysterically laughing but he hasn't told them all about the race yet, so they don't get it. Yes. <laughs> and he goes, no, oh, you'll laugh later. <laughs> like, <laughs> the, the setup of that and then just the way that it dies out, it's just all so funny. And then on top of that, he's, in his mind, this is exciting for them. And it's, they should just understand where he's coming from and it should be great and they should be ready to do this. That's yeah. That's where he's coming from. And he explains the race to them and he goes, go <laughs> yes and and, and, and nobody they, they moves. Don't go until he pulls the gun out <laughs> right nobody moves and they they start asking questions like seth green goes uh what are the rules and he's like there are you no ready rules. For the rules yeah only one rule. <laughs> you ready for it there are no rules <laughs> go <laughs> and again nobody moves and they're talking and he goes so it's a race and he goes technically you've been racing for about 40 seconds and nick is is in the lead because he's closest to the door <laughs> and he's like getting agitated now yes. and it's just it's oh my god he's he cracks me up and his delivery is just perfect yep oh, i love it i absolutely love it um and then he has these he just because on top he's like got these quick one-liners mr mr grisham was tragically born without a personality <laughs> like, it's just it's i love it the writing is great these characters are just so silly and then so jumping back to the uh, – we were talking earlier about the pacing of the movie is really good. They do a very good job of – most movies that have a lot of characters like this do it poorly where you are introduced to one character after another and they – it's like quick cuts. It's like here's this person. Here's this person. Here's this person. And you're supposed to get something out of this. They do a very good job of tying that together nicely. They're all in the same place and the transitions between characters and scenes works and yeah. not, it's never jarring to me. No. Which I really liked. Uh, yeah, no, because a lot of times when they stick with a storyline for a fairly long amount of time, it's like, okay, like that was good, but I, like, I feel like we haven't seen what they're doing in a while. Like, what are they up to? Right. So you're ready for the like the cut to come. Exactly. It, it's it's really well done. So if we were to run through the list of this this ensemble cast, you got. Cuba Gooding Jr., who is the washed-up NFL coach that can't get anything no, right. No, referee. Referee. Oh, sorry. Referee. That can't get anything right. Referee who botched a huge the coin toss. in overtime. I'm like, he botched the coin toss. Just could not get whether the coin flipped to heads or tails properly right. And then it ruined the game. It ruined betting everywhere. Everyone hates it. And perhaps Whoopi Goldberg's best line in the movie, you're the guy from TV, the bonehead. Yes. <laughs> Oh man! So you you have him, and he's and this that that theme carries him throughout the the movie. This thing haunts him the entire movie, and he also he just he can't do things right. 
Yes. Like he just he screws everything up as he goes. Um, we've got Nick, who's the like the straight edge guy that the, cynic. the, the what? The cynic. Yeah, exactly. He he's not like this is like this. The whole thing's a scam. I'm gonna I be mean, on to the a certain extent. He's kind home. of like the proxy for the audience. Yep. Because he's the cynic. Because if I'm honestly, if this movie wasn't made in 2001, if this movie was made now, there's no money at the end of the rainbow here. Right. <laughs> the whole thing is, and he's like, you know, this isn't real. Like people like Donald Sinclair don't just give away money. It's like, you know, there's got to be some angle, or which there was an angle, but really, truly, the angle had nothing to do with right. them. They were, straight, they really they were going to give them the money. They were going to get the money. <laughs> I love that. It's so stupid. And then we have uh, Seth Green and his brother. I don't remember their names in the movie. But they are the uh, con artists. Dwayne and Blaine. The con artist schemers. And you know, I mean, as much as we said they're all B and C list actors, this was in the height of Seth Green's popularity and, and fame. Well, yeah, I, I was gonna say like, yeah, he's he is solid, and but he's always at this point he's mostly played supporting roles, right? Yeah. No, true, and that's why I mean he I still would, I mean he's not an A lister, but like that was the height of like everyone knew Seth Green because yeah. Austin Powers was super; those movies were super famous. Like everyone knew him, people enjoyed him, but yeah, no, he wasn't a headline actor. And same thing with. Um, with Amy Smart as well. Like this was kind of like the height of her popularity and fame as well. Again, not a big headline actress. Oh my God. To tie this back to Ryan Reynolds for a second. Have you ever seen just friends? I don't think so. Okay. So we're going to do that movie probably around Christmas. Okay. And it is, it is gotta be in my top 10 favorite comedies of all time. Really? Yes. (laughs) And probably closer to the top than you would expect. Oh, I saw the poster, and <laughs> I remember this movie coming out. It's so good. I don't know anything about it. Okay, but well, I well, recognize the poster. <laughs> I I insist that we watch this movie together and then do an episode on it. It's impossible to forget a picture of Ryan fat, Reynolds in a fat suit. Fat Ryan Reynolds. Yep. With curly afro. Yep. It would be impossible to forget that image. So, yeah, as soon as I saw it, I was like, oh, okay, I remember that this was a thing. I just never saw the movie. No, nothing about it. We're going to watch that one. That's happening later this year. Um, so, <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah, so Amy, Amy's smart. She she gets Nick out of his shell. Yes. Which is great. And that, let's, let's talk about another another great interaction here. When he's hitting on her at the bar and he's like, He's talking to her about the Linher the uh why can I speak? Lindbergh? Lim it's not coming out. Lindbergh. Lind? I know. I know how to I'm like having a stroke. Well the funny thing Lindbergh. is, is there we go. I have it muted, but I am watching Office Space and Lumberg is on screen right now. <laughs> <laughs> Lindbergh. Um Lindbergh and he's he asked her like, he, "Oh, you're reading the same book? Yeah, I normally don't do this. You're reading the same book as I do. Oh, what part do you want? <laughs> the part where he, where he had a sex change, and she's like, "Oh yeah, ooh." Uh, he's like, "What? What? Because he, he's super gullible." Yeah, and which is really he's funny. Like through the book, trying to find the part about the sex change. Which What's funny to me is he's so cynical about this race thing, but he like falls for that in a second. Like that's just, mm-hmm. it's just very silly. Uh, but the when he says that to her. Um, Oh, you're like, you know, he finds out she's a pilot. She's like, I'm a chopper pilot. He's like, are there a lot of female pilots? She says at least one. And that, yeah. that whole, that whole shtick of him, like, oh man, like I, 
I'm as soon as I walk away, I'm gonna have something really funny or clever to say about that. And she says, "Mail it to me." It's just like it's just yeah. such a good burn. It's just so good. Like she's like she's like kind of like you're just also very of its time. Well. <laughs> well, yeah. Yep, hundred percent. That joke does not like does not work now. Like there's like there's no way. <laughs> no, no. And, but when he comes back and he says, um, "I should have said." Two, two and I, I thought it was hysterical, but I love like they, they play that off really well of her just like kind of, just like not, not giving it to him. So, yeah. But they, they have. I felt like they had good chemistry. Those two characters. They did. That's that. That made it work. It wouldn't have worked if they didn't work no, together. It would have just been awkward. Yeah. But they, they do a good job. And then like him, him realizing that they could, they're the only people that can fly right now is just another s- silly thing that went on, probably went on for too long, but it's, yeah, it almost became family guy running the joke too long. Next thing. Yeah. You, you can, can fly. fly. <laughs> no one else can fly. You, you can, can fly. fly. <laughs> but no one else can fly. <laughs> Stop it. Um, then we have the, uh, the estranged mother daughter. Uh, with, uh, Whoopi Goldberg and yep. uh, her daughter. Yep. Uh, which was a one another funny, really funny scene. This, they do great character intros. Yes. In so actually, jumping back to Nick, his character, the first thing it's a it's a long running gag in like movies and TV shows with the you go to check out of the hotel and there's a porno charge on the on the receipt. But yep. this this one is done really well, and honestly, all the credit goes to the woman behind the desk who delivers oh, it yeah. because she is so funny. She goes, it's her only scene, and she steals it. Afro whores at 4 o'clock, 5 o'clock. It says that in the morning, you watch The Grinch for 10 minutes and then change to Afro whores. <laughs> <laughs> and, he, he, and he's, like, freaking out about, like, he's, he's like, sh- like, shocked and appalled by it. And it's just, it's so funny. And I feel like that, that joke at that point has probably already got, had probably already gotten old. But for whatever, yes. like because of this woman's delivery of it, it's just perfect. It's really funny because all I can think of is Friends. This happens in Friends, but oh, does jo- it? Joey actually did watch the movies, but he's watching it at other people's hotel rooms. <laughs> so, they're, <laughs> so they're getting and he's taking snacks from the mini bar. But <laughs> it's just it's so so silly. So you get you get the, his intro, the Bakers, the uh, the estranged mother daughter relationship, the daughter on the phone her company's about to go public she just she's freaking out she's like just do it just get it done and she crushes the phone with her hand i'm like how many times have i just wanted to do that like to tell somebody to just do their job and and just like slam the computer down well the best part about it is like she does it and like so innocently will will be goldberg oh but honey your phone i've got another one i can we can get lots of phones we get as many phones as we need I carry extras. The, and the two, the two silly characters that are that Whoopi Goldberg was sitting with originally before her daughter comes in. Yeah. And she's explaining to them the situation. And they're just like sitting there sobbing as they're talking and meeting for the first time. It's just the, the situations that they wrote are just they're just really well done. Uh, you get you John Lovitz. Yep. Father that. It basically hates his life and kids, it seems like, right? From the minute that the, the two kids jump, collide heads, fall to the ground, and he goes, ooh, honey, the kids need you, and he runs out of the room. <laughs> like, I was like, this guy's just the worst. But he, he's he got some really funny lines in the movie. 
Yeah, but but you know what? He deserved Oscar consideration for just his face acting at the Barbie Museum. Yep. It is, which if you're listening and you haven't seen it, it's not a museum for Barbies. Nope. Uh, This is a Jewish family who sees a sign on the road for the Barbie Museum. And the young daughter says, oh, I want to go to the Barbie Museum. And it is a museum for Klaus Barbie, who I don't know if that person is real or not, but he is a Nazi officer, and <laughs> it's all skinheads and white supremacists at this thing, and the faces that John Lovitz make as they go through and they're narrating Klaus Barbie's life, his face is fucking priceless. He's got it's like this, it's comedic shock and terror and it was and it's somehow funny. he keeps ratcheting up to another level each time something more appalling is yeah and it's it, like, whatever he, I thought he's you shifting eyes right right i was watching it with kim and as soon as that it cuts to him the first time she she cracked up and she goes look at his face <laughs> <laughs> and it's it's so true it was just so ridiculous and they were trying to back out of the of the room, you're leaving. Well, we've got a three thirty book burning, and uh, we have a, a christening for one of our Christian non Jewish uh, family blood friends. related, yeah. uh, blood related uh, family. Uh, very uh, very old, uh, very German, uh, very Catholic family. The uh, the Himmler Heston von Stirichtenbergs. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Are you insane? This is Hitler's car. Yes. Then he steals Adolf Hitler's car. And and this is what I'm talking about. These are these scenes, though, that you can't see coming. Him driving (laughs) the car through the World War II veteran. No, no, no. Uh Uh-oh. It's them driving the car and first, like, I can't believe we still hit this car. So then everyone's getting a little too comfortable in Hitler's car. Yep. Followed by... The two-part, two uh, seemingly innocuous sight gags that just seem like a thing on its own of him smearing the lipstick on the the steering wheel from Ava Braun, then him accidentally getting the lighter popped into his mouth and burning his tongue, yeah. and then the scene takes off and it's fine, and then he crashes into the World War II thing and smashes his face on the oh steering wheel. Which has then smeared the lipstick across his upper it's lip. So perfect. And now he looks like Adolf Hitler and cannot speak because the letter has burned his tongue. So it sounds and like it sounds like he's screaming German. in German. And he looks picture perfect like Adolf Hitler. Right. Slamming the podium and throwing his hand up in the air. <laughs> oh my god. It's so fun. But the but back, the first part of that scene though, when you're getting too comfortable in the car. And the son is playing the harmonica, and he's like, put that down. <laughs> he's like, it's Hitler's harmonica. He goes, you're driving his car. He's like, yeah, but I'm not sucking on the dashboard. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I'm driving it, yeah, but not with my mouth. I'm not sucking on the dashboard. <laughs> no, stop playing that. Why? You can't play that. It's Hitler's harmonica. Why can't I play it? Because it's Hitler's harmonica. <laughs> right. right. I do not want to work at Home Depot. <laughs> you know, I still use that line to this day yep. because anytime like my dad's like, oh, could you run to Home Depot and pick me something up? And I'll be like, I do not want to go to Home Depot. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. I love that there's other people that use it. <laughs> but yeah. so, okay, so we, that's another set of characters. Then we have Polini. <laughs> who no, is? My mama is gone. And my papa. He's gone. <laughs> I am all alone. But uh, him, his, I think it's like his only interaction with John Lovett's character is 
there when he comes into the room the first time. Oh my god, this room! It's beautiful. Have you Look seen this room? room? Where is it? it? <laughs> <laughs> oh man, they they just. It's just so silly. Uh, we got that. Well, um, that's really it. Those are that's that's the whole list of them, right? We did. Also, we, hang on a second. While we're just talking cast here, yeah. The, the guy who played Mr. Grisham. Do you know who that guy is? Uh, he was in Arrested Development. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> you cannot understand my excitement when I was watching Arrested Development and saw him. I was like, oh my god, that's the guy from Rat Race, and he was the the whole. From British eyes only, and Mr. F joke kept surrounding his character, and so I just have joy when I think of that guy. <laughs> so good, so good. Um, so then let's let's talk about for a second all the all the antics that go on in this movie, and it's just the movie is pure shenanigans from go, which is when <laughs> which is John Cleese's word to let them start go. racing. <laughs> uh, so we have all these different things that get in their way. And that's what makes it so much fun. We have these stupid things that slow them down. So, like, when uh, the mother-daughter are trying to rent a car, and it's the trainee that is checking them out. Would you like to purchase collision insurance? <laughs> How much is it? We'll take it! <laughs> and, like, and, like, so, like, now, like there's press that. shift? And there's... Press yeah. shift? <laughs> Now, no, 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 shift. Uh, so we have we have that. Then we have the we have the angry cabbie. So that, well, that slows them down. That's the first thing that slows them down. Then, um, what was it, Dwayne and Wayne? Blaine, Blaine, Dwayne and Blaine. They slow everybody down by by taking out the uh, the control tower, which is an incredible scene. Yes. Of also defy you to not laugh at that scene. Right. The, with with the truck going up, driving up the control tower, Seth yes. Green holding onto the wheel, swinging with his legs dangling because the truck is vertical, and the other guy climbing the ladder, trying to run away from the car that is chasing him. Yes, every, up. every single rung that he goes up, turning and yelling at him, telling him to stop the car. Stop the, stop the car! Just, <laughs> despite the fact that the radar dish is inexorably pulling the car up. Airborne, it is fully right. airborne, and then pulling it up the, the ladder. Dwayne, stop the car! Dwayne! Stop the car! <laughs> but Dwayne, then with, fucking with, terrible tongue piercing. <laughs> with him landing on the on the windshield and the two of them crying in relief. Yes. It's just it's so stupid and I love it. We have a uh, Also the song they're playing the whole time too. That famous that's that famous um like old like composition that I can't remember what it's it called. Flight of the Bumblebees. I forget what the one that used to be in the Ritz commercials in the nineties. Yeah, as the cars faster and faster. Because they started like in really slow while they're hooking the cable up, and then and then all hell breaks loose. Oh my god, those two characters are so funny. And you know what's funny? His you you can't understand the brother at all in the beginning, and they, he does a very good job of cleaning it up just a little bit as the movie goes on. So by the end, Seth Green is no longer translating for you, and you understand him. Yeah, which is just it. That's that's great. What would mom do? <laughs> as they're handing the cash back. Oh my god. Uh, we have the angry cabbie. 
Oh, yeah. Which is another great... Which leads to some of the best things that happen in this movie, which is everything that happens to Cuba Gooden Jr. Yeah. So getting stranded in the desert uh, with no pants because the, he steals his pants. Yes. Which is just, just a weird... Just Yep. Which is, like, necessary for the rest of the scenes because <laughs> he has to yes. get the clothes from the bus driver. But... So not only that, he's stranded in the desert and he's freaking out and he's like... his. But when he when he gets water the first time, how when he drinks, it's so funny. He's so believable. Like he's been stranded in the desert and he's so super excited. And he's like, he body shakes when he drinks the water because he's did, getting hydrated. Did they, did they take inspiration from that scene when writing Finn getting the water on Jakku? Oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> no, that 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 can't. Cuba Gooden Jr.'s performance in that could not have been topped. <laughs> if it did that, it would have been an entirely different movie. <laughs> um, so then you get the I Love Lucy bus, which another thing, I defy you <laughs> to tell me where this is going. <laughs> you can't, you can't Cuba know. Gooding, Cuba Gooding Jr. screaming at the top of his lungs, shut up, you crazy Lucy bitches, shut yep. up. Yep. You ruined the whole vacation? Oh. Uh, <laughs> that just seemed weird that that was in there at all. Yeah. But the... Uh, it's been a different time. I'm not a bus driver. Don't say that. <laughs> no. No, I'm not a bus driver. <laughs> the uh, one of Lucy's hairs going up, it's getting set on fire. The the bathroom overflowing with bubbles. Like, just all of it is the nonsense. <laughs> I just, like, want to know, like, how you... Like, how did this get written? I don't know. It's so bizarre. Like, it's like, no, not crazy enough. We can make something else work in this space. You know what? Throw a hot air balloon. You know what? Add a cow. You're like, <laughs> like how, how did this happen? <laughs> what mind did this come from? <laughs> yeah. Let's have a hot air balloon. Let's have guys chasing that hot air balloon in a car through a field full of cows. And, oh. The cow stepped in the lasso loop at the end of the rope, and now the cow is airborne, and the two guys are having a pitched battle 500 feet in the air on the cow. Great. While, spraying, milk, spraying milk at each other with the others. While the other brother is on the front of the car that is on cruise control, still thinks his brother's in the driver's seat. Until he looks screaming, up and sees him Yes. Oh. So he sees him, looks back at the driver's seat, and then lets out this ridiculous scream. His screams... He's Dwayne, right? Oh, yeah. Uh, his, no, Blaine. He's Blaine. His screams are perfect. And I can't help but crack up every time he does it. So the guy who wrote this movie worked on Saturday Night Live for quite some time. That makes and sense. on the David Letterman show for quite some time. That makes total sense. Like Because all it, the whole movie is a series of skits stitched together. Yeah. and I he, also, also, he also wrote, I think, like the entire show, Monk. Okay. I also think that that's why um, Seth Green works so well in this. Like, he does a very good job at those, like, they're, like, one-off pieces. They're yeah. short, and, like, this is the thing that we're doing, and it's, like, we go through the scene, and they move on. Like, they're, they're tied together loosely in the fact that this is a race that goes on, but each one of them is, like, it's this small little sketch, which makes a lot of sense when you think about who wrote it. That's that's really cool. Um, Newman. He, he was actually really good in this. Really good. First off, runs over uh, 
Oh, I, I lost his name again. Polini? Mr. Bean. Polini. Runs him, just runs him down. Oh, crap. It's Jessica Allred. <laughs> <laughs> I love how she pops up like multiple times where like Dwayne I saw and Lena the running thing. the scam. Yeah. Where he's going to fall down the stairs. That's a, th- This is gross negligence. You're going to get so much money out of this. <laughs> and they're like, oh, shit. <laughs> so that whole, again, how do you, like, who comes up with this? This guy is transporting a human heart in a cooler because the plane. Well, you know what? This is the other. This is the other thing that deserves wait, a. Wait, wait, wait. wait, hang on. This deserves a big nod because it is tied into all the other nonsense that has happened. It's not it. They're they they're seemingly one off all of these sketches and they go perfectly. Like if you just like hold them off on their own, but they are tied together pretty well. Like the fact that the the air traffic control is gone, so they can't fly the heart somewhere, <laughs> so he yes. has to drive it. Like that's that's well done. That's thought yeah. out. <laughs> yeah, usually they just stick one of these things on a plane, but uh, all the planes are grounded. So, uh, and he yeah, right. he's really feeling himself. For like, I get to drive. Like I'm really important because like, I'm driving this heart. You know what we're hauling back there? Ass. Ass. <laughs> we're hauling, hauling ass. You just told me. <laughs> no, no, I've got a heart. What? That's right, a human heart, and then silence. Do you want to see it? <laughs> it's got. It's been cooped up in there for seven hours. It's got. It needs air. <laughs> Listen, I'm not a doctor, but I am quite certain that that heart needs anything that's not air. Right. <laughs> what What's also one of the scenes that like it's very easy to miss in there. After he runs over like the the tailpipe that drops and it, the heart goes flying out. And Polini's trying to find it on the floor. His feet are up on, like, they're on the window. Like, he's, like, yes. upside down. And if you're not paying close enough attention, you won't see that. Yeah, no, like, he, like, almost kicks him in the face. It's great. It's so silly. I think I found it. No, yeah. that's an apple. <laughs> it's a caramel apple. Why? It's a caramel apple. <laughs> <laughs> and then, uh, the, then the heart goes out the window, which we we meet the dog. And the, uh, and that is where we get our whole drifter scene. Well, where are we gonna find a drifter? Hey, where, where did, where's your, uh, where's your mom? Hang on a second. Oh, Enrico. <laughs> yeah, I know what you're thinking. Enrico is a girl's name. No, I wasn't. No pun intended. What, what, what is pun, pun is that? <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, look at, no, all alone. All alone. <laughs> Look, a drifter. Oh, and this is this was another great thing because this was really fun to watch this with Kim with. He jumps onto like an Acela. Yes. Right? It's it's coming by and he jumps in between the cars. And Kim goes, <gasps> Is he dead? I said, No, he's on the train. And she just laughs. She just starts laughing. <laughs> it's also great too because the man who is completely clueless the entire movie and is not getting the fact that Wayne Knight is slowly processing the fact that I'm going to murder you and take your heart. Yep. But somehow, still, after this very long thing where he's looking at him, not only like he's looking at him like he's going to murder him, he looks like he's going to eat him. Yeah, it's weird. And he just has the presence, finally, the only time he has any self-awareness the entire movie. Oh, look, a drifter. Let's kill him. (laughs) (laughs) And Wayne Knight falls for it. (laughs) Oh, my God. So good. Then he gets that whole scene with with the baby. On the oh, train. Where is so the bad. key? I Where? think I'm I think I'm touching it. <laughs> Where is 
the key. <laughs> and then the the narcolepsy playing a role, like coming back and playing a role. With him falling asleep with the key with in the, the key. lock. Yep. Yep. It's awesome. And then I guess the final the final piece of this, the Smash Mouth concert. I get like you this is what I'm talking about. You can't you don't know where this movie's going. You don't know going into this movie that they're gonna end up at a Smash Mouth concert for Feed the Earth. You know, everything about Smash Mouth I can't see coming because did you see the pub that Smash Mouth got this week online? No. Why don't you just talk about things for a minute while I go and find that? Okay. So the the finale of this movie ends up at the concert, right? And we have the Smash Mouth concert, but they they basically they drove a double decker bus through through the platform and they see the bag hanging in the air and they're trying to grab it. They're trying to grab it. And as they pull it down, the curtain opens and they're on stage at a concert and they don't even realize because they're so fixated on the spec. So what's great about this scene is they have no idea that they're at a charity fund, a charity concert. And that yes. it's a donation thing. Like where you, you know, I get people are probably like calling in and, and stuff and donating money. And, the the way that they wrote the dialogue to line up perfectly with what they're doing and how it sounds like they're being really generous is perfect. Like we were on the bus and we decided to share all the money, <laughs> but they don't they don't know. Why didn't we decide saying. this? <laughs> right, but they don't know that they're giving it to this this. Oh my god, it's so it's so funny. And then in the end of in the end, everybody's like. They're really feeling themselves. They're feeling good about themselves as they're throwing the money into the bag, right, and donating it to the charity. And then um, Dwayne doesn't want to. He's holding on to it. And he's like, no, like you can do what you want. But this is when we get the first the the first scene that's not translated from his brother. Like the what would mom do scene. And yes. it's so, throw it down in heaven. <laughs> and he's just like, oh, this is just so sad and absurd. It's it's just so funny. The movie is just so fun to watch. I really so, enjoy it. I found what I was looking for. I, I knew got? the story, but I wanted to find a little bit more specifics. So I think this was an old interview by DJ Khaled, and which I don't know the whole context. But what I saw, because it was what was being passed around the internet, was uh, a tweet from The Root, which like shrunk down what he had said and said, DJ Khaled says he doesn't perform oral sex, but expects it from his wife because he's the king. Quote, different rules for men. So that tweet was retweeted by the Smash Mouth account and said, a king who doesn't is no king at all. Okay. So Smash Mouth got a ton of support for that tweet. That's really funny. What is happening? I didn't even. Know. If you, if you would, if you, if the, if, sorry, I'm speechless for here for here for a minute. If you were to have told me that they all died, I I probably would have been like, oh, like that's that that's probably something that could have happened that I would have missed. Like that, that's equally shocking to me. The funniest bit of interaction that I saw around all of that was. Someone commenting on the Smash Mouth tweet saying, well, I guess we know how the band got its name. (laughs) That's it. That's it. We're done.
Uh, is that, so I have to try and I have to try and break your intro every week. And I have to just try and break you at some point during an episode every you, week. You have to get us to the point where the show just ends because I'm I'm done. <laughs> <laughs> and that time is now. That's you don't it. Want to talk about the helicopter chase of a pickup truck through the desert? Okay, all right, you do it because he's back. <laughs> that that was actually you know what's funny about that scene. Again, it's tied back to a previous conversation. She throws a can of paint out of the helicopter, and your immediate reaction should be, "Where the fuck did that paint come from?" Why she got a can of paint? But they're getting the whole fleet painted. And she's flying trips back and forth all week. Right. So I'm wondering like, how much of the, like this is. It does feel like it's funny that you said that. I did not know that about the uh, that it was written by someone that worked on SNL because it it does feel like writing the sketch out and then finding ways to tie it in and then improving the sketch and then tying it in and improving it more. Like it sounds like what they do like on their weekly basis for turning around something. Yeah. Probably just on a, on a bigger scale for the like that's. It's, it's a lot of it is well thought out. As there is incredible as connective tissue in this movie. It's actually for a stupid comedy is really well made. Right. Not a lot of plot holes. There's one glaring plot hole. What? Uh, or not plot hole. I guess chain of events. After the after the um, the bubbles fiasco on the bus, they they're just they're just gone. The next time we're at the bus, it's it's all clear and everything's fine. Yeah. Yeah, I guess that's probably true. That that was the only one that was disconnected. Yeah, I guess maybe he opened the door and they got carried out. I, I don't know, but like I I don't know. I'm not I'm not upset about it. So no, it's, you know, it's like whatever. Oh, so it's just the the whole thing with how he crashes the bus. Yes. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, I always I remember the first time I saw this, I was like, this is a batshit insane scene as. She's throwing these fucking cans. The idiot tries to climb out the side of the pool, and the pool explodes. It's always yep. like my, my worst fear of having an above-ground pool mm-hmm. um, was that the pool would just explode one day. Um, and, like, her going on a high-speed chase in a fucking helicopter, chasing this truck, and getting him to run off the road and crash his fucking truck. <laughs> so absurd. Well, she's oh, screaming, like... We just broke about 130 federal laws. We? We? Yeah. <laughs> 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 and, like, I always, like... I've thought of the other things that Amy Smart was in. I've never seen her do like manic insane like that. Yeah. And it's just like, where did that come from? She's and it's straight hysterical. Up crazy. She like she laid into it. She really leaned into that 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 role. Mm-hmm. That was I mean, I'm like I'm thinking of her in like she I mean, she's usually typecasted as like the pretty ditzy girlfriend. Like that mm-hmm. like that's what she normally is. But yeah, she she's over the top psycho in this which is really funny because you don't you don't know until that scene yeah and then I mean, it's like starts coming together edge, but it just seems like a wit you know the whole line you know yeah mail it to me <laughs> yeah yeah uh the only other the only other thing i want to touch on that i have from my notes is the is the squirrel lady oh kathy bates and yep and how that leads to them driving the, no, okay I, again just connected story driving the car off the cliff but not just driving the car off a cliff, landing on a pile of cars of people that she's done this to before. <laughs> like, hundreds of them. And they and they died. Because well, a skeleton everyone. comes out holding the bag of, of, of nuts for the squirrels. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
That's funny. That skeleton is so clearly fake because it actually has the little hook on the top of its head that's used in Party City. But <laughs> I don't even care. <laughs> um, that was the only scene that almost like stretched too long where like it started to drag a little bit. But again, the payoff, the payoff. is worth it. Them driving Absolutely. off the fucking cliff, <laughs> and then and then that that's how they they end up going towards the rocket car, which we mentioned like way back in the beginning of this episode. But uh, any any other questions? How do you start it? That's a great <laughs> question. There's a green lever. <laughs> Actually, I think my favorite part of that whole thing is after they drive the rocket car and it like scrambles their brains, and you, they wander in a rocket off. Rocket car. <laughs> yeah, that it's we came in a rocket car. Oh wow, that Tell sounds great! On the bus. I'm not crazy, lady. <laughs> Let me off the bus. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, it's what, a, about Cuba, what about Cuba Gooding dressed as a scarecrow? Dressed as a scarecrow. Cuba Gooding, after he runs out of the bus and is running through the streets again, comes across a <gasps> horse. Yes, in and he sees a yes. and he's again naked again. And he, because he had taken off, the, when he says, I'm not a bus driver, he starts peeling <laughs> off all of the bus driver uniform and he's now naked in the desert again. He sees a horse uh, in the middle of like a farm field right next to a scarecrow next to corn. And he takes the clothes oh off the scarecrow and rides the horse into town. I forgot that that's what he was doing. And the horse is just like, <laughs> it's just done. By the end, it's like can't just can't make it. <laughs> well, it's like a plow horse. It's not like like he like acted like he jumped on some sort of like Kentucky Derby like steed. Yeah, and it's like a old plow horse that's like walking like three miles an hour. <laughs> so you and get- he doesn't know how to ride the horse. He's like almost falling off the horse. He's wearing like clothes with no elastic because you know they are on a scarecrow. Um, sorry, this made me so my where my mind went here. There's that we have him on the horse. We have John Lovitz and his family. In the eighteen wheeler that's driving them there, we've got the monster truck. After we've he got... roofed his wife and kids, right? We've got the <laughs> right. We've got the monster truck. We've got the broken car, um, and we have the the two women getting off the school bus. But if you backtrack for a second to the diner where he roofied his wife and kids, there's another great line buried in there, which is when the Nazis show up and he goes, "Honey, honey, wake up! Third Reich's here." <laughs> Oh yeah, and then he and then he drops to the floor because she's like asleep and he's trying to hide. And he goes, "SS in the parking lot. What do we do?" <laughs> I forgot about that. The third race it's, here. It's so funny. I love it, and I I just I oh man, I can't say it enough. This movie's just a blast. I'm glad. I'm glad I rewatched it for this. It is a stupid, funny movie that is smarter than it has any right to be. If you got this far and haven't seen it, just watch it because that, that honestly doesn't ruin anything because it's all in the delivery. Yeah, uh, delivery uh, and some of the visuals are just like. Also, then, you, the cow screams in English. Yep. The one one of the few times that we get intersection of the stories where the cow is hanging from the bottom of the hot air balloon and it smacks up against the windshield of the bus that Cuba Gooding is driving. Yep. And the cow. Mouth moves and screams, "Oh God, help me! Somebody, please help me!" <laughs> yeah, what is that? What? Like, <laughs> it's so ridiculous. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I remember I had to watch it a bunch of times. Like, I when I heard someone, I thought it was the other guy. Yeah, that they were fighting on but the hot air balloon. But it's the cow's mouth. The cow's mouth is moving when his words come out. I yeah, that's that's absurd. 
God, this movie is so much fun. But yeah, like I said, if you if you've gotten this far and you haven't seen it, go watch it and then come back because then you can just enjoy all these things with us because it's it's so much fun and just John Cleese, what a gem! <laughs> what a gem! Well, that's it for this week's episode of Flicks in the Six. Thank you for joining us. If you want to keep the conversation going, I'm at AEJ Costanzo on Twitter and Instagram. Al is at Alessandro B eleven eighty seven. Check back in next week for more movie and beer goodness. Until then. Cheers.